0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I am your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB. And this morning, Christmas Eve, December 24th, uh, it's about 9.30 p.m. Central Time. John's in Arizona. But uh, John, John Heffernan, is going to be joining me. You can follow him on Twitter at JK Heffernon. I got the link in the description below. But uh, good morning, John. Uh, happy Christmas Eve. How are you doing?
1: Hey good morning Kyle yeah Merry Christmas Eve to yourself and uh yeah doing well man doing well excited for excited to have some actual regular season hoops action to talk about
0: right and I know it's just a one game sample but there are some instances where like a one game reaction is sometimes all you need on a player or if we see someone that's like you know just in the starting lineup that we didn't really see him performing very well all of a sudden we get a little bit of uh a little bit of a nudge to say hey this guy put him on your watch list I th- that's another thing too i want to talk about at some point is developing your watch list uh for fantasy ESPN has a really nice feature football doesn't really work that well you don't really need to know you know a list of 10 to 15 guys to watch for minutes and playing time and stuff and such but i think in this uh today's show we're gonna basically just be looking at uh, the top scorers from the first games for everybody except houston and okc of course Uh, which is a little bit of a bummer. Really wanted to see what Oklahoma City was going to look like, uh, I guess as well as Houston too. But uh, we're just going to kind of walk our way down the list here. It looks like Nikola Jokic was the number one scorer. I was able to watch uh, a little bit of that game on the Yahoo Sports app yesterday, and, uh, man, just dropping dimes. I think we had an off-script conversation with Jesse about how many assists Nikola is going to average this year, and he had 14 assists last night. So, yeah. I'd, 69 and a half points he was a consensus you know third fourth fifth overall pick for the most part and he paid off really well here uh, but John ja morant man tell me a little bit about john ja morant
1: yeah so so Jaw's a guy I, ha- I drafted him in our league Kyle and um you know he's just uh, young but but just full of potential full of promise full of upside and um, he very much delivered last night scored 44 points pretty sure it's a career high for him. If it's not, he had an even better rookie season than I re- remember. Um, but, you know, filled in the stat sheet a little bit with some additional assists. It's, he, he, he's a better defender than people realize or give him credit for. And the thing that I'm most blown away by is 44 points, but only one turnover. Yeah. Um, absolutely, Especially for a point guard, especially for a second-year point guard. I mean, just absolutely insane stat line. No way he's going to sustain that. But I wouldn't be shocked to see him pop off you know every every other week or something like that. I mean he's he's, he's got all the talent and that offense is it's, it's his He's got the keys to the car
0: I just want to click into it he led the team in minutes uh, a couple other guys had some high minutes Dylan Brooks caught my attention as well 16 points he shot the well pretty decently here. Uh, but he's the clear leader that he has the keys to this team. Uh, it's a, it's Absolutely. a experience team, but man, he's going to 27 shot attempts and he hit 18 field goals. So, uh, he also yeah. the line pretty well too. So he's, he, I mean, he blossoms, you know, and he's going to be, uh, where, where did you get him in the third round? Like,
1: yeah. So, and we have this fun little rule where you, you, we, we have a keeper. We have keepers this year. You, you get to pick one keeper um, from your roster, but you, it has to be someone from the third round or later. So he was my third round pick. Um, he might have been my third round pick even without our little keeper rule, but I just, I mean. Like I was saying to everyone last night in our message, our message board, um, he's he's the guy I'm going to keep next year pretty much already after one game. So oh, he see. He's seen everything.
0: And then I guess on the flip side, we'll move to the next player here, Brandon Ingram. This is going to be my keeper. Uh, I, got, yeah. uh, I got pretty lucky here. And the thing that I the reason why I was interested in Ingram, he had a, he had a fantastic year last year, his first year with the Pelicans. I think some people were, were worried about uh, competition for numbers with Zion. And, and, you know, I mean, there's a couple new guys there as well. But, man, he dished out 11 assists, caught he got nine rebounds, and then he also puts up 24 points, a pretty efficient shooting night as well. But uh, on that Yahoo Sports app, man, this was the game. Uh, not only was it uh, the Pelicans, but it was worth uh, – it was it was versus my Raptors. So I, uh, okay. I had a lot of fun watching some of these guys play. I'm just going to pull up the box score here. Things that caught my attention is not only Steven Adams, was a, he was a hog. Uh, but Zion, uh, he was pretty efficient from the night, only seven to nine field goals. I would expect him to take more shots. You know, this was kind of a, a down game for Zion. I think he had, what, maybe like 29 fantasy points. Uh, but overall, it was a very efficient night for this whole Pelicans team. A couple other guys, Eric Bledsoe, had a hell of a game. He hit four of eight three-pointers. Lonzo Ball also shot the, the ball well here. Uh, but any, I don't know, if did you, did you catch any of the Pelicans-Raptors game?
1: I didn't catch that game, but just knowing like Lonzo and Bledsoe, it's it just feels like that's not super sustainable for them for three point from the three point right. line. I uh, I'm surprised they didn't start JJ Redick. Just I mean, you look at he came off the bench and did what yeah. he does. So he shot 11 threes in twenty nine minutes. Could, it's fun to see, but um, yeah, Williamson and Adams, they're just they don't space the floor very well. Um, you'd expect, you know, they probably want to try to pair them with the better shooters as often as they can. So um, I'll be interested to see how that goes, but at least game one, I mean, as long, if they can somehow sustain that shooting, Bledsoe and Monzo are going to get as much playing time as they can handle. And they're both, they're just so so complementary they they fit any kind of offense any kind of system they feel kind of like a similar player to me and which is why I was a little nervous and thought they would struggle but um again if they can maintain the shooting which i don't think they will but if they could I think they're gonna have a lot of success this year and um yeah I think I think Ingram and Zion are probably gonna kind of Trade, you know, trade offensive leader roles, you know, on this team. But to see Ingram being the, the lead assist guy by a massive margin, I, that would be something I want to monitor going forward. Like if Ingram can kind of continue to be the primary shot creator on this team, or even a secondary, like behind Lonzo or Bledsoe, that's a huge, huge enhancement of his role. And
0: um, I mean, he's you
1: know, he's got he's a sky's the limit kind of guy.
0: He's really, really talented. What was really fun last night watching this game was how good the Pelicans are on fast break. They look to get the ball out. You got Zion running the floor. That's, you know, you, you can't really just stop him when he's in motion. He's so fun uh, coming down the floor. Brandon, they look, they look to get Brandon Ingram the ball off the wing right away. And because of his length, he's able to make these passes that get, you know, easy buckets. So really efficient shooting night. Again, you touched on the number. The field goal attempts, 12-9, and nine, that seems about right for Bledsoe, but efficiency, I mean, they both shot about 50%, so that's going to probably waver somewhere down to 30, 40-some nights. But, uh, I don't know, Pelicans impressed me. And then while we're yeah. here, we just got to shout out some Raptors real quick. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, not a very exciting game, only 3-for-12 shooting, so this is a, this, this was a very down game for him. Only three boards, three assists, but he did get three steals, so I guess this is a floor game for Van Vliet. Uh, but the guy here that I think is is pretty interesting. Lowry, again, 10 assists, 18 points. We always wonder about his play with his age, but he he seems to hold it down. He actually led the team in minutes with Siakam here, so 39 and 39. I'll be watching Lowry Lowry to see if anything uh, decreases or if his minutes can be sustained. I think that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, another guy here, Aaron Baines, almost a double-double. I don't know if he's a, like a guy that's well-owned in a lot of leagues, but he's definitely on my watch list. Nine boards, 11 points he was their lead. They don't really have a, a true center behind him, so this is going to be a guy that's going to get a ton of minutes and just someone I'm keeping an eye on here. And then my guy OG Anunobi. He he's kind of been known as like a clumsier kind of slower player, but he's got flashes of like intense energy and you saw a little bit of that last night, but I was really encouraged by the minutes, 36 minutes, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals and then 2 blocks. Only 8 points. This, this is a guy that's going to cover all the ground for you and he's going to be on the floor a lot. And the problem was oh five from three last night, but he's in the past. like last year he was a 38 or 39% three-point shooter. So definitely someone to keep an eye on here. But the Raptors, not really watching the bench. Maybe Chris Boucher here, 12 points, five boards, two blocks. Uh, he might be a guy that's less owned in some leagues here, but pretty fun game here between the Pelicans and the Raptors. Pelicans, man, they just they put the they put the burner on him in the third. It was 38 to 22 in the third quarter and then
1: didn't yeah.
0: recover. Um but I just, I don't know. I just want to open it up. Let me check the uh, the comments real quick and then we can kind of see where this conversation is going to go. This is our first like really off the cuff. We're just talking, you know, what we've seen here. Um, sure. We got Aiden saying, if you can try to trade for Booker, his value is low after last night. Did you watch the Luka Suns game?
1: Uh, I caught a little bit of it. Um, Booker, you want to go to that box score quick so we can just check it out. I, I didn't, I, I wasn't able to watch all of it. Um, but uh I, I didn't think Booker had a, a terrible game. Um I thought Chris Paul had a much worse game than Booker. Yeah. Um I mean Booker is relatively efficient from the field. Uh you know, his assist situation I think will improve. I mean, same with Chris Paul. I think they are they're still feeling each other out. Ayton, you know, got in foul trouble early, so they didn't get a lot of time to play with their their rolling big guy, which I know they get a lot of easy assists off of. Um, if someone's willing to sell Booker low, I'd go for it. But, um, I don't think he had a terrible game last night. I mean, if you also look at their starting lineup, I mean, he was, if you look at their plus minus, he was one of two players who had a a positive plus minus. So they were outscoring the opponent while Booker was on the court. So I, I think he not only, you know, did okay, but Passes the eye test a little bit too when you look at that plus minus. So. The Mavs defense was
0: pretty sticky last night. Both, I mean, this was a low scoring game in terms of NBA 102, 106. So,
1: especially uh, for these two teams,
0: yeah. And then, I mean, just the way that these guys, I mean, basically every team last night played almost nine, 10, 11 guys. They're still trying to figure out lineups, they're still trying to get their legs underneath them too. So, but yeah, this is this is a good buy low if someone's willing to trade Booker here. But uh, I don't know. For me, it's one game. I'm not going to make any knee-jerk reactions. But uh, just looking at this Mavs team real quick. I I mean, Luca. He he struggled from the field. He actually uh, rolled his ankle in this one, and he was kind of dinged up. You could see him kind of hobbled and just grimacing from time to time. But he gutted through it. uh, 32 points, eight boards, five assists, no steals. That was kind of I wanted some steals, but uh, really (laughs) solid game from Luca. Again, he was 0 of 8 to start the game here. So this could have been a much bigger day for Luca. And then the guy, I guess, that caught my eye that might be available in most most leagues is going to be Dorian Finney-Smith. He played 36 minutes at the small forward spot here. Eight boards, three assists, two steals, chipped in 11 points. And this was four of 11 field goals. So if you tell me he's going to be shooting the ball 10, 11, 12 times per night, I know he's going to be filling you know, some of these other columns for me. This is a guy that's probably not really well-owned, and he's getting a ton of minutes here. So I have my attention. Uh, but your guy... Uh, Mr. Richardson here. What did you uh, – so did you catch the game at all? Did you um...
1: – Yeah, I was able to go watch most of the fourth quarter. I feel like re- – I didn't see – I don't even remember seeing Richardson in that quarter. He must have done more of his damage in the beginning of the game or something. But um, he uh, – I'm very encouraged by the minutes there. I, I love the role. You know, he's either going to be kind of second or third offensive piece in that, in that offense. You know, he, he, as you pointed out, Finney Smith had 11 shots. Richardson had 11 shots as well. Richardson's also new to the team, so you know, still kind of feeling it out. But um, you know, he's a guy who I think, you know, has some better potential for defensive stats. I like to see those rebound numbers and as long as Porzingis is out, I think, you know, somewhere in the 11, 10 to fifteen shot range is gonna be pretty typical for him. So if he can bump up his defensive stats a little bit. He's going to be categories or non-categories. He's a good mid-round guy, or if he's somehow randomly available on your waiver wire, that would be a dude I would definitely run to grab.
0: Right. And then I guess no one really else jumped out at me for the Mavericks. It was all about Luca. I, I just, I mentioned Finney Smith and Richardson. These are probably the three dudes that are going to leave their team in fantasy scoring for the most part here. Uh, we did have another question here from our guy Sox and Ham. What do you think about Kelly Oubre right now? I am a Kelly Oubre owner. So, John, yeah. you watched that Golden State fiasco?
1: Uh, yeah, I saw some of it. Um, Ubre right now, seems like the second most useful player on their roster, which is sad to say, um, and he couldn't shoot the ball very well, but he, he's just so much more active than Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins just looks like so lethargic out there. Wow, is Ubre, He's just got so much energy, so much juice. Um, I think, if, and Ubrey's you know—last season proved he's a good shooter. I think the Warriors system promotes positive shooters, so I think Ubre is. Uh, this was a very much a floor game from him from a shooting and scoring perspective, and I like the other stats he was able to provide. Mm-hmm. Um, he's never going to be a good passer, but at the same time, I mean, having Curry to pass to, he and, and, and maybe you know some other some of these other players if they can do something. Might be able to do a little better passing, but I think, I think Uber has got some upside. Um, and last night was probably more of a floor, or Tuesday was probably more of a floor game for him. Yeah.
0: And then, I mean, also, Draymond Green was out. That's going to make this team more efficient and better as a whole, too. So the fact that you're able to get, I mean, he, he only scored, it was an awful shooting night, three of 14, 0 of six from three. But yeah. you got to think, if he's getting 15 shots a game and he's shooting six three-pointers, he's going to hit two or three a game there. That's just going to make this team better uh, all around, too. And then again, seven boards, two assists, one steal, two blocks. This is, uh, I mean, outside yeah. of Kirby, this is probably the one guy you want for now until we see Draymond in the lineup. But uh, I was actually encouraged by Ubra, and then of course the minutes, all the starters' minutes are depressed by probably ten percent at least, uh, just because of the nature of the blowout there. So Oubre is definitely one of uh, a guy that I think floor game. What did he still end up with? Twenty uh, some points? I'm not really sure. Uh, but you'll take this for a bad night, and then the other guy here that I'm uh, that I'm into is Andrew Wiggins, four of sixteen shooting, and on another bad night here. <laughs> this is a guy who he was able to, you know, struggle and get to 13 points. But again, only two boards, one assist, one block. He's never going to stop all of these numbers here. So he's kind of the third fiddle there. Uh, but the rookie, James Wiseman, what did you see from Wiseman?
1: Wiseman, I thought was, he was more impressive than I thought he would be. Um, I think he's got to be one of the bigger beneficiaries of the, the Draymond injury. I know the Warriors like to run small and run Draymond at center a lot. Um, and based on what I was hearing from Kerr in the offseason, it sounded like Wiseman wasn't going to get that much run to start the year. Um, but I was very encouraged by what I saw. I uh, he's 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 kind of one of those fringe fantasy players for me right now. Um, especially, I mean, he might he's going to be useful if Draymond's out. I think, but. Um, but I, I, I'd be interested to monitor him going forward, especially if they underperform this season. I mean, there, I think there's a real chance the Warriors do not make the playoffs this year. And second half of the year, Wiseman's getting 30, 35 minutes a game because they want to see what they got, you know. So I, I he's he's an interesting guy. If you can stash him at the end of your bench, I'd be happy to do so. But I know a lot of rosters only have two, three bench spots. And and he, and especially in a ten-team league, he might be he might be tough to roster. I know he's he's got that high draft capital, so a lot of people have him. But um, I think you'll start seeing that go down once Draymond returns and his his numbers go
0: down a little bit. Right, and then just because of the nature of the blowout, he was able to kind of pad his stats in the fourth quarter there. So we, I don't, I, I really don't know if this is a good game from Golden State for us to make any clear uh just you know actual thoughts about what this team's going to do for the rest of the year so i'd like to see them tomorrow on christmas day they play the bucks right we we get the, we get golden state tomorrow Golden right. State in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's like the first home
1: Christmas game for the Bucks and like certainly in our lifetime and, and, and maybe even our parents'
0: lifetime, Kyle. So I guess after watching that, we'll have a we'll have another more complete uh, data point here for the Golden State for you guys. So uh we did have another question in here. Darius Garland worth a pickup. The Cleveland Cavaliers one and oh man, they uh they put up a lot of points, and he was I was actually impressed. That he put up so many points. They basically ran a two point guard lineup last night with Garland and Sexton playing a ton of minutes. Um, did you Did you check out uh, what Garland put down last night?
1: Yeah, I was I was impressed with him. Um, I still think Sexton is the guy in that offense, mm-hmm. but um, you know, like Sexton last year and year two for for him. Um, Garland, you know, now in his year two, he was, you know, a, a super underperforming guard in year one, similar to Sexton. Uh, but Sexton got really hot offensively, especially at the end of last year. I wonder if we might see some sort of similar trajectory to Garland and we might have a cut some sort of kind of very high level one, two offensive punch from the guard position for this Cavs team. And when you look at the rest of the roster, I mean, they you know Andre Drummond, he's a good player. Larry Nance, he's a good player. Um, you know, some of these other guys are decent players. They I know they have Kevin Love, but there he's more of a complimentary piece at this point in his career. They just they don't have any offensive punch anywhere. So these two, as much of the share of the offense that they can handle, they're going to get it. So um, last night was a good showing. I don't think their opponent last night was was a, a, a too good of a team. So I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to many conclusions here, but um. But Garland is, he, he's immediately on the watch list. And, and if you have a shitty player, excuse me, a, a bad player on your roster that you easily could cut, or that's hurt or something, Garland's a guy—he's uh, a fantastic option for pickup.
0: And he's about 25.5% owned in ESPN League. So this is a guy that, again, they played Charlotte last night. We don't expect, I mean, Charlotte's going to be like the ninth, 10th, 11th seed in the, in the East. I would, uh, somewhere in that range, uh, they're going to compete for a playoff run. But, uh, you like what you see. And I think one of the points that I've been making a lot lately is that first week of, of basketball, the first one, two, three games where you see trends and you see something that connects here. So if Garland pops off for one more game where he's shooting the ball, what 15 times, he shot 13 times yesterday, seven of 13, four of eight from three. So this is him being at the peak here. This is what a good game is going to look like from him. So I think we need to see where the bottom is first. Uh, but again, if you can hold on to him for, for the next game, see what happens, but you do like to see the six boards, six assists, one steal, and then the minutes. I'm following the minutes here. They're, they ran a two point guard lineup for the most part last night, so you really like what Garland can do, and uh, he's definitely. So, is is he worth a pickup? I would say he's worth a stash for now. See what the floor is going to be. Um,
1: it, it depends on your roster, but I mean, if you're if you're hurting for point guard, if you have injured players that you drafted at the end of the draft, that you know who knows when they're going to come back, or if you have a deeper roster and he's somehow available. Uh, absolutely would grab him
0: and then we got a question here or he's asking so he asked uh garland or then he asked patrick williams here so i just gotta pull up that bulls uh his
1: i would i would probably take garland just because rookies uh, uh i'm not as excited about rook- some of the rookies this year as some people are but i would and it depends on what kind of position you need like if you need a forward certainly you grab williams if you need a guard certainly grab garland but um, I personally would
0: prefer Garland over Williams at this time, yeah, but in terms, of, in terms of fantasy points, he was their second most productive player last night. That's
1: interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this guy, this guy, Patrick Williams here, let's just dive into the box score. So he actually led the Chicago Bulls in minutes. That's pretty nice. Five. Uh, it was.
1: Uh, you got to. You got to keep in mind that it was a, an absolute blowout. Um, Trey Young. If you go down to Trey Young's minutes, you'll notice he played. I don't even know if he played in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, he he basically had thirty points. Yeah, I think he had twenty-seven points at the half. 37 by the end of the third and i don't think he came back in so i think i think the bulls were being blown out and they were giving some guys some minutes but at this i mean you like what you see from williams i think it's incredibly encouraging um, and his efficiency looks good. His, 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 he's able to get a couple other stats. You know, If he can bump up his rebounding a little bit and bump up his defensive stats, this would have been a really, really impressive game from him. I mean, I think it's game one for any rookie, this is a pretty darn good stat line. So um, I'd like to see him in a more competitive game and see how many minutes they kind of expect to give him. But, but he, I mean, if he's not on your watch list now, you're not, you're not paying attention.
0: Right. So I will click the watch list here. But again, <laughs> even though he's owned, I think Jake has him here. But uh, I think towards the end of the show, I just want to kind of make sure we re- reiterate, you know, how to build a watch list or what to look for here. But Patrick Williams, man, 33 minutes, 16 points, four boards, one assist, one steal, one block. Twenty No turnovers. Points, uh No turnovers. So this. Again, this is a game that I don't really know if we know too much about the Chicago Bulls just yet. This is one game sample here. They got blown out by the Hawks basically in the first half. The game was over. <laughs> the, the, but I do. I, I like the commitment to get Patrick Williams minutes and to just like they clearly want him to learn this year. Um, so there's, there's going to be opportunity there. So I do like Patrick Williams. But I think for now, give me Garland because he seems like someone that could sustain a little bit more. And I think he's got a better supporting cast around him. That the the floor with the, the boards and the assists and some of the defensive numbers, I think that's going to be a little bit more predictable uh, night to night here. And, yeah, he was asking for a poor points league. Uh, and then we got Michael Carew saying Deontay Murray. Oh, my goodness. Deontay Murray, was a he was a gem last night. Let me just pull up that. We'll go back to the the Grizzlies. I think we kind of touched on the Grizzlies at first, but the Spurs kind of off to a rocky start at first, but then they pulled away in the second quarter here. Uh, and a lot of minutes here for the starters. Heavy minutes for the starters here. I don't really know how to dive Spurs for fantasy here, but what do you what do you got for us?
1: Well, DeRozan is the guy who jumps off the page for me. I mean, near a near triple double uh, 14 of fifteen from the free throw line. I mean, he's gonna he's always one of the leading free throw guys in the NBA. But if if his efficiency from the line is gonna maintain somewhere around. 90 plus percent this year. He's, he's easily 25 plus scoring a game. He's always going to get the minutes. He's the focal point of the offense. I know Murray is their point guard, but Rosen and Murray tied in assists. I wouldn't be shocked if Murray or Rosen leads this team in assists this year. Um, Murray, I like a lot. I think he's a really talented player. Um, and Popovich, you know, he's, he's 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 he adjusts to his talent better than just about any coach. One thing to worry about with Murray, I think he's going to be solid right now. Uh, when Derek White Jr. comes back, or I don't know, it might just be Derek White. I don't know if there's a no—I don't know if there's a Jr. in his name or not. But um, when Derek White comes back, he's their backup point guard. But he was a guy who performed really, really well um, last year, and and he and and Murray kind of cannibalize each other, kind of cap each other's upside. Um, so I, I, I would roll with Murray happily until Derek White comes back. And then maybe, maybe you start looking to trade him when Derek comes back. Uh, That would, that would not be a terrible strategy if if there's someone willing to buy Murray and you can
0: get a player back that you'd like. Okay. I like that idea quite a bit. I'm just going to pull up San Antonio here. So he was him and DeMar DeRozan, the most productive players last night. So I think a 43 and a half from Deontay Murray. That's going to be, you know, towards his ceiling for the most part. I think he's probably going to settle somewhere in that mid-30s, low-30s for an average points per game here. So, uh, But, again, you like the opportunity. I don't really know what's up with Derek White as far as his injury, and he's not a junior. I don't see a junior here. Um, Yeah, No junior. Sorry. Sorry, Derek. (laughs) Significantly on Monday here, four year, $73 million deal. So this is a guy here. I would also assume that uh, Patty Mills gets kind of pushed down here. He had 19 minutes yesterday. That's probably a direct correlation there to his minutes. Um, But yeah, there's going to be a lot of, uh, they they play a lot of small, a lot of small lineups here. You see all these shooting guards here that started the game. Uh, But a guy that's catching my attention is Lonnie Walker. The fourth let me just pull up his numbers this is a guy that's probably owned or he's less than he's three percent owned in most of your leagues here and uh, <laughs> at the shooting small forward spot here i think there's going to be some opportunity for something to keep an eye on here 17 points uh this is a that's a um, 16.6 boards two assists one steal one block this dude's a lot of fun to watch he's very electric and you can see i already got him on my watch list so um otherwise i don't know did anybody else jump out for you on the spurs Um,
1: no one else. I think, I think, uh, Aldridge is, is one of those steady Eddie guys. I'm, I'm really shocked with his low rebounding numbers, but, um, I would expect those to kind of pop up over time. Um, but, but Aldridge is, you know, he, he just, he does what he does. Um, if if for some reason Aldridge were to go down Pertle Jacob or Pertle is a guy I really like he he's 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 not going to perform well in the backup spot but I think if he could get starter minutes whether it's Lonnie or or uh, Aldridge going down he you know, this is a, a young guy with a lot of athleticism a lot of upside I mean even in limited minutes he fills the stat sheet pretty good so
0: if you, um, if, you if you inject 29 minutes here just add 10 more minutes yeah. You just boost these a little bit. You're looking at a 30-plus point, you know, fantasy player here. So this is a really good one. Keep an keep an eye on that. We do like uh, Mr. Lamarcus Aldridge here, but again, you know, slowing down maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Absolutely, yeah.
1: No, he's not a guy I would like go out and trade for or anything. I just he's a guy. He's he's always going to be one of their top three scorers. and not necessarily last night for fantasy, but I think over the course of the season that will absolutely play out.
0: And then uh, just keep in mind, Derek White probably coming back at some point here. I don't really know. It says he has a toe injury. I haven't looked into it more, but I will I will definitely uh, be watching him and seeing when he's coming back because that could limit, uh, I mean, that could take away from even some DeMar DeRozan, some Murray. This could, you know, limit shot attempts. It could limit a couple of the other stats here too. So you're looking at probably a ceiling game for both these players here. Yeah, I hate to give you ideas
1: with guys you own on your fantasy team, no, style, I, But if I were you, I would, if, you know, as you, as the DeMont or Deontay Murray owner, I would I would pay attention to the Derek White timeline, and you know, maybe maybe shortly after he comes back, because they'll probably want to work him back into it. But uh, shortly after he comes back, if someone's willing to to give you something useful for Murray, I would I would consider it at minimum.
0: Yeah, I mean, just the idea of basically I took him in the sixth round. I think it was 71st overall. If I can cash that in for a fourth or fifth round pick that someone's, you know, souring on that I see potential for, I'll I'll probably look into it. So um, but then I did want to answer this question too. Paul George going forward. Let's pull up that L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers box score, and then we can kind of dive into that a little bit here. But any quick thoughts on Paul George? What did you see the other night? I don't know if you watched the full game.
1: I think if, if, especially if Kawhi, you know, does his normal, um, you know, uh, DNP, he racks up a bunch of does not plays because they just try to monitor him and his minutes and his health more than other superstars, typically. Um, If that comes to fruition, like I expect it would, like it has pretty much last three, four years with Kawhi, uh, Paul George is easily going to lead this team in fantasy production. Um, and, and he, he, he could, I think, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a top 10 scorer, not fantasy point, but like, you know, just points per game in the NBA. He's a dude who can rack up defensive stats. So if you get, you know, in points leagues, you get boosts for that, obviously in rotisserie or in category leagues, you need those other stats. Um, he shoots pretty efficiently. Um, you know, it seems like the the getting rid of Doc Rivers. They one of the main reasons they did that was so they could make the the offense more Paul George centric. So he's a guy I like this year. He was he was going in. I think he went in the third round in our draft. Um, and while I, I don't, I'm not upset that I took John John Morant. I uh, i you know just watching Paul George. I could I could I was thinking to myself on
0: Tuesday. Damn, that was a, that was a bit of a miss because he's he's going to have a good year. He's going to have a great year. And then, of course, I mean, we, we know how the Clippers are going to operate. It's all about, you know, Leonard and Paul George. Those are going to be the heavy dogs here. And then I just quickly pulled up the Clippers schedule because we do know, just based on what's happened with Kawhi in the past, he typically sits on on a back-to-back. and I think on the second game, usually he'll sit. So December 30th, December 29th, he's got a, a back-to-back there. Uh, January 5th and 6th, there you go. And then uh, I saw another one down here somewhere. Um uh, looks like the the end of january here too so it's not it's not going to be a like a, a big loss of Kawhi leonard like once a week or anything like that it's probably maybe two or three times just a month um but paul george this is probably a floor game for paul george too uh he didn't really i mean th- oh, actually maybe i take that back 13 of 18 shooting 33 points That that's going to be hard to to keep up that pace especially five of eight from three but you do like uh some of the stability here from rebounds, assists, and steals. If anything, I think those numbers could come up even if the points come down. So Paul George is gonna be super steady this year. I think he's gonna uh I think he knows that he has to kind of show that, hey, if they just paid me a bunch of money. I gotta I gotta come through. But any other- yeah, it's kind
1: of it's kind of interesting I think it's a little, it's a floor game for the other stats outside of scoring and it's I wouldn't even say it's a ceiling game for his scoring. I think this guy I mean hes he was I think top three I think he was number two in scoring uh, his last year in OKC two years ago in the NBA. This guy he's shown especially after getting out of Indiana um, that he is an absolute lethal offensive player. In a league that's full of lethal offensive players, I mean, he's he's constantly now in the top five scoring the past couple of years. So um, I think I think that's his role in this team. I know Kawhi can light it up, but he he kind of saves that juice for the playoffs or bigger games. I think for your regular games, Paul George is going to be the main scorer. Um, I think his defensive stats, especially, he's he's a guy who gets steals and blocks. I definitely expect that to improve, and his turnovers in theory could go down. So um, while he's not going to score 33 points a game, wouldn't be shocked if he scores 26, 27, 28 a game. So
0: and I just I was kind of shocked that it was only 40.5 fantasy points per game or fantasy points the other night. But again, you mentioned the five turnovers; that's going to be on the high end for most nights, and we do expect these the rebounds and assists and steals to be locked in and probably a little bit higher for the most part. So Paul George, really good stuff here, but, uh, zoo box. What do you, what like, oh go. so good? And especially, uh, the, I thought the, uh, I can't remember who was calling that game, but they made a really good point is last year. He was a starter for, I think almost every game. And now that he's in, inserted into the second lineup and he's, He's basically just going to dominate against second units now whereas last year he battled against starting centers and now he gets to kind of bump back keeps his minutes up too but this is a guy that uh I, I, when, when you drafted him again I was like god dang it like, like he, this is this is one of John's guys and he's a very productive player with his minutes and again you see 27 minutes uh three only three rebounds that's a little bit low for him too and then one assist Six. we 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 have the we have him split out Kyle Uh, Six total. Yeah, three offensive and uh, three defensive here. So six total. uh, But then he he chipped in a couple other stats here. And then, of course, 11 points. So 25.25 here. This seems like a a pretty consistent guy here. I'm not really sure how much percent. He's almost 52.9% owned. So this could be a guy, especially if you need center help. This is a guy that's available in almost 50% of leagues. So uh, any other final thoughts on uh, Mr. Zubox here? Yeah I mean I know is the
1: starter but you made a great point I think Zubac gets an opportunity to to clean up against bench units which is a great opportunity for him he's only he's 23 years old so in in theory he's improving especially centers you know where your your body your strength is so important to your production, um, you know he, he in theory could kind of improve as the season goes on. And on a team of a bunch a bunch of old guys, a team that went to the, the, you know, went relatively far in the playoffs last year, so their offseason is kind of shorter. This is a guy that could get a lot of minutes this year. You know, I don't think Ibaka is going to play every game, so I think there's a lot of opportunity for Zubak, And I would, I would kind of think this could be, it possibly, this might be what he averages throughout the season. You know, twenty five ish
0: fantasy points a game, but um, as one of the, I would, words, I would think this is maybe
1: more close to a floor game for him.
0: Yeah, this this one feels really good. And then again, just as basically like the second or third worst player on your team. This is a guy that's just going to consist. And you got him 130, like the 12th, 12th round. This was your second worst pick, you know, the second yeah. worst player that you took. So if you're if you're hitting 20, 25 points with your worst player, that's that's been a pretty good investment there. So I thought really good things. And every time I saw him score, I was just like, damn it, John. Like, every time. So, but I, I think that's enough for the, the Clippers. Did you want to touch on anything from the Lakers real quick? What did you see from uh, – I mean – it's hard to evaluate it's 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 davis it's james and i guess it's schroeder those are really the three that this team's going to be built around
1: i just i i cannot for the life of i love dennis schroeder i think he's a really good basketball player but i cannot for the life of me believe that he's going to rebound by the way he rebounded last night or on Tuesday, excuse me. Um, I think he's, he's, he's got a lot of upside though, because LeBron is not going to, especially early on, I don't think they're going to play LeBron in every game. Um, I think Anthony Davis will play a lot more, but, but if LeBron doesn't play for whatever reason, you know, just because of rest reasons, um, Schroeder gets a massive bump because he's essentially the only other, you know, point guard on this team um and uh another thing i was so i like schroeder a lot i would definitely expect those rebound numbers to go down but every but he's also a guy who gets a lot of steals can give you a block or two i even think his points could go up so he's a guy where i think his fantasy points might stay the same but i think you know some of those other stats would balance out a little bit one guy in the lakers i was really encouraged by in game one um was harrell um and and one thing i was concerned about him with for was um you know i, I kind of figured they would rest anthony davis a little bit and davis does get banged up a little bit so there's some upside for harold in that regard But one thing i saw a lot when i was watching this game was harold and davis were sharing the floor together pretty often which i, w- I was a little surprised by i wasn't shocked because i know they like to play davis at power forward especially in the regular season but that's super encouraging. You've got the minutes highlighted. He led the team in minutes. It was kind of a blowout. I know it, the, the final score looks better than it is, but uh, it was kind of a blowout. And uh, they, they, the Lakers kind of pulled their starters a little earlier than you would expect. I mean, you, when when the hell do you see LeBron play less than 30 minutes? You know, um, but, but Harrell looks like a guy, whether they're getting blown out it's garbage time, or whether it's a serious game, he's going to be. They they want him in the mix, and he's going to be on the floor. So he's he's, I, he's a guy I really like this year.
0: Yeah, and again, seventeen points, ten boards, three assists, one block. This could be your floor guys, and even yeah, they sure they have they have Marcus Sol here. This guy's just a placeholder. He's just like the ceremonial you know starter, uh, essentially at this point for veteran presence. But it, it's it's going to be Harold doing a lot of the heavy lifting mm-hmm. there too. Uh, so he's, I mean, you, you took him as early as the sixth round, I think. So we were both pretty high on him. I think I took him in a mock draft as well at like the sixth round and uh, a lot of good stuff here. So as far as the Lakers Davis, James Truder and Harold, those are really the only guys I'm interested in at this moment. They did play a really deep bench here. They played a lot of guys with a, a, a couple different variations of the lineup. So interesting game from the LA teams, but uh, I did want to get to a couple other questions from the chat room. We got Mike Butter asking about Robert Covington. What, do we want to talk about this Portland Trailblazers team that uh did not look great last night?
1: Yeah, let's look at the let's look at the box score because this is a game that I did not watch at all. And I actually I've even tried to watch the highlights of all the games before we got on, but this was yeah. one I didn't even check out. Covington, twenty minutes. Where's his
0: points? One <laughs> yeah. Covington. One point. <laughs> only three, only three, only three uh, field goals, though he shot three threes. Nothing. So, yeah. I and mean, you're still getting a floor of four rebounds, three assists, one steal. So, this if you get that every night, that's fine. But I would expect him to get, you know, yeah. forward. He's he's a
1: guy I was a little lower on than like ADP going into drafts, just because he's 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 a he he's he's one of these guys, and you see this a lot in the NBA he's just he's an incredible basketball player but he's not a good fantasy producer. Sure. He's not a dude who's going to fill up your your scoring column that much. He he, he sometimes he's a better defense. he's a great defender. I think a lot of people would say he's a top, you know, 20 wing defender in the NBA which is such an important thing, but he doesn't he doesn't always get you steals. He doesn't always get you blocks for as good as he is at defense. So he's He's a great basketball player, and he, in theory, he's going to be playing thirty plus minutes a game. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would not be shocked if he ends the year below, like less than he's not in the top fifty in fantasy points score, I'll put it that way. So yeah. he's
0: he's he's good, but
1: I, I wouldn't. He's not a guy I would have wanted to grab in the middle rounds of my
0: draft. What does a great night look like for Robert Covington? Maybe he hits four threes. So you're going to get basically these kind of floor stats here, four boards, three assists, one steal. That's just the product of being on the floor and him being kind of a hustler the way he plays. Uh, But you just inject maybe 10 to 12 points of actual scoring points here. And then you're probably looking at for the most part, let's see here, he scored 13 and a half just with, with one, with one actual scoring point. So if you add Mm -hmm. points onto that, you're looking at a guy that's going to get maybe 25 on the high end of nights. So for me, this is a guy that's, uh, I'm I'm not excited to have on my, on my team. And it looks like a lot of people have him too. So almost 91% owned here. looks like he was a sixth round pick in our draft here. So this is looking like a potential, uh, I don't want to say bust It's been one game here, but I'm not really seeing a high upside ceiling. And then just with uh, being on a team with Lillard and McCollum, man, shots are going to be few and far between, you know, he's not going to see a high. Absolutely. So. hmm, Yeah.
1: He's a guy, he's a guy I would, I, I want on my team. It's just at the end of my roster, I was not a guy I want to take in the middle rounds of a draft, which, you know, according to his, you know, the percent roster, it looks like most people probably grabbed him. You know, before round eight, for example. And that's in my that makes him really low on value. But like for your end of a bench guy, he's one of those guys, you know, that as we go through the year, Kyle and, and our active managers will be picking people up, dropping people. He's one of those guys, you know, one of those guys that's going to be on every single ro- roster this year yep. at one point or another. Um, and he'll give a lot of useful games, but he's not essential to hold on to at the same time.
0: Okay. So this is a guy. Um, so quick quick reaction here do you do you drop a Robert Covington for uh, some of the players that we've been looking at like for Darius Garland do you plug in Garland like would you rather take that potential is that the move
1: I, it's it's it, like always yeah obviously very position dependent you know if you need guards and you don't need forwards and you have Covington I would run to the I would run as fast as I could and smash the ad button um
0: there's another guy here too. Yeah,
1: Gun to my head, I, I positions don't matter. I, you, I have to take one of them for the rest of the year to score in a and I had to head points league. I'm taking
0: Garland. Yeah, I think so too. And then uh, there is while we're kind of quickly talking about a guy that you might want to add over Covington, and this is uh, position you know dependent here. I'm I'm thinking of a point guard that impressed me just because I watched the Bucks last night, and I ran. I I didn't walk. I ran. I made sure <laughs> to get Jeff Teague because who knows when Kemba Walker's coming back, and and just with the way the Celtics looked last night, man, they they gave the Bucs trouble, and Jeff Teague was the third best player on the floor last night. He only played 25 minutes, but uh, he filled up with, uh, it looks like, three rebounds, four assists, two steals, one block, and he also contributed 19 points, so this was a guy here that put in 38.25 fantasy points, and again, we don't know what's going on with Kemba Walker here. I think Jeff Teague's pretty widely available. Eleven point two percent owned. Yeah. Um, whew. Like this is a guy that I think is going to probably jump in that percent roster ship pretty quickly here.
1: Yeah, he's a guy. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be. I w- I would definitely think is rosterable. I think he shot. I mean, that was the only game I watched <laughs> from beginning to end of the of the first two days. Um, he. I don't think he's going to shoot as efficiently as he did last night for the regular. Like continuing through the season. But he's a guy who's going to be, to your point, very, very valuable until Kemba comes back. And honestly, even once Kemba comes back, Jeff Teague is such a—I mean, you just saw it in 25 minutes; he was able to do that. So maybe his minutes go down a little bit, but if he can still give you—you know—you you a 10% reduction in minutes and a 10% reduction in fantasy production, he's still going to get you 20, 25, 30 points a game. Which you know, for these end of the bench roster, you know, you, you pick them up for matchup-dependent weeks or whatever. That's more than enough. He's he could be useful all year.
0: Yep, and uh, he, I mean the 15 shots. I don't expect 15 shots every night. No. Uh, so maybe it, it, like in seven for 15 shooting, he did shoot some layups, but he also hit four for three. So that's not going to happen every night there too. So I mean, on the low end here, again we said 38.25 fantasy points. If I just remove, you know, 10 actual points here, and I just say he's going to score nine to 10 on a on a typical night. I mean, I'm still looking at a guy that's probably going to score 25 points just based on some of the other numbers here.
1: Yeah. So absolutely,
0: my worst player on my team. I think I'm going to take that and run with this opportunity. And then the Celtics, just based on their roster construction here, they were kind of rotating Thompson and Tice, so they played just with like one true, you know, power forward center, and then they kind of played some small ball here. And they they put out. Uh, I mean, they had lineups of, of Jalen Brown, Smart. Tatum, and, and Teague running around with one of those centers a lot. That was kind of their main rotation here. So he is kind of like a co-starter, in my opinion.
1: Where is uh, where, where is fellow Jesse? Because uh, he, he he asked me about offensive rebounding last time I was on the pod. And actually, while watching this Bucks game last night, they were talking about how Tristan Thompson, uh, not only did I notice he's an incredible offensive rebounder, but he's top 10 all time in NBA history in terms of offensive rebounding percentage. Wow. Um, so Like, you know, the percent of offensive rebounds he gets uh, while he's on the court. It's just he's hes an incredible offensive rebounder. You saw it last night. They talked about it the entire game. I was starting to get
0: pissed off by it, actually. But uh, Jesse, Jesse GM alert. <laughs> what, do you remember what the percentage was of his? So it, it's like so it's, in,
1: it's, a, it's an interesting statistic. I, I, I don't even think I worded it correctly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the percentage of his total rebounds, but it's like the percent of available offensive rebounds Uh, that a player collects while they're on the court and he's top 10 in NBA history. So it's, 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 it's kind of an, it's, it's, it's minute dependent. It's a, it's a, it's a stat that's like, um, uh, controlled by minutes. So, um, So it's 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 it. it, 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 He's not going to rack up like fifty, you know, like five plus a game more more often than not. Just because he's not going to be on the court that enough. But when he is on the court, he's just he's just eating offensive rebounds better than just about any player in the league.
0: So um, this, he's only 12.3% owned too. So if you do need center help, he's going to probably be somewhere in that 20 to 25 minute per night range. And he's a predict- he's very productive when he's on the floor here. You see action, something that I'm, I'm looking forward to is a guy's minutes versus his fantasy points. I like guys that can produce almost a point per minute. Uh, that's kind of how I look towards things. So I did like Tristan Thompson quite a bit. Um, I did want to kind of look on to a couple other questions. Lonzo ball. Will he outperform his contract this year? Any quick thoughts on that, John?
1: uh i mean he's on a rookie deal so pretty much absolutely but um i i don't yeah will he be a useful like fantasy player for you That that's hard for me to say i think yes i mean they have a lot invested in him and they want him to be the point guard of their future um i i i, I get nervous with him and bledsoe sharing the court together so much i just don't think it's going to work so smoothly all the time but last night they proved they can do it and 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 they and their passing numbers were terrible compared to both both like who those players are so I, in theory they could it could be better than i expect and even and even with my conservative expectations i say absolutely he will outperform his contract
0: i agree and then i mean Bledsoe, who knows if he's how long he's going to be i don't know his contract situation with the team so in the next 2 or 3 years lonzo balls is just going to continue to grow so i think so as well and, uh, and then Mike's asking about Jeremy Grant. So I did want to pull up the quick. I, I don't know how much to spend time on the Pistons here. Blake Griffin did pour in 15 points, seven rebounds, two assists. So that was nice to see. But Jeremy Grant's in question here. Four of 11 shooting night, nine points, but only one rebound, three assists, and one <laughs> steal here. So kind of a. Uh, I think a lot of people were looking for the opportunity that was present for, for Mr. Grant here. And he underperformed pretty, pretty massively here. And then the one guy here, Mason Plumlee. I kind of had my eye on, and he was the plum lord. (laughs) He was the leading fantasy guy here for the Detroit Pistons. Any quick thoughts on the Pistons and what can we take away from this team right now?
1: Well, going back to contracts and under or overperforming, Jeremy Grant is going to way underperform his contract, maybe Mm -hmm. one of the larger margins in the league. I think he's a great player, a great role player, but um, they paid him to be a star. And they don't have any stars. So he's you when you make a role player be a star, that's very few times in NBA history of those players able to kind of overcome their situation and and make something good of it. So he's, he's in a tough situation for, for his skill set um, and his contract and what they're asking him to do and all that stuff. Mason Plumlee was uh, was a lot of on a lot of you know, different fantasy analysts I was looking at, he was on their radar as a good sleeper to grab at the end of the drafts, whether you need center help or not so far so good with that. I mean, especially, I think the minutes are going to be there for him. Um, the points may be a little – I don't know where the points are going to be or whether they're going to be that high or not because, you know, he only took eight shots. He was super, super efficient. There's no way he's going to be seven for eight every game. But I still think he'll probably shoot eight to ten times a game. So yep. if the efficiency goes down, the points go down. But he's a great passer, um, and he's spent so much time, you know, as a, as a backup to Jokic and in that Denver system where the center as a passer was so key to what they did. He was a really good passer then. I think one of the reasons they brought him to Detroit is because they want to duplicate some of that. I mean, you know, a very like a homeless man's Jokic, if you will. Uh, but um, but but very useful fantasy wise. He's he, especially for end of bench late round guys. I mean, he's going to do a lot of people well this year.
0: Yeah, and he's just he's he's a he's he's just a lunch pill kind of guy here. Nothing's he's <laughs> going to get you your points, and he's going to. I don't know. He's he's gonna shoot a high percentage because he's all shooting around. The, you know, he's basically shooting inside the paint here. So as long as he gets those eight to ten points or eight to ten field goals, he's gonna probably you know flirt with almost a double double most nights. So I do like Plumley quite a bit. Uh, nothing really else stuck out from from the Pistons here. I guess Blake Griffin decent night in his return, but oh five from threes. I would expect that. I would expect that to change here. So this is probably just a nice floor game from Blake here, and I think that's really all I care for. Uh, the potential pistons uh fantasy users here um John, yeah no put up a lot of points
1: yeah he did i uh he, he took advantage of the bench you know going against the bench and um He's a guy I don't know as much about, but um, he's pretty much instantly on my watch list. He's uh, he seems interesting, and and if he's going to be kind of their in that six man role, getting you know top three, top four minutes on the team, and taking you know the se- second or first I'm not, number of shots – the second or first most shots on the team uh, consistently throughout the season, um, yeah, absolutely grab him. Absolutely grab him. I mean, it looks like he can rebound a little bit. I don't know, you know he. I wonder if he can, you know, get some defensive stats. I'm not sure if he's a good defender or not, but um, he he might be. He might just be kind of starting out too. If he's earning playing time and whatnot, I he's a guy that I would absolutely keep an eye on.
0: Definitely agree. Uh, we're gonna just kind of fire through some of these uh, these questions here. Wiggins still inconsistent as always. He did he played better as a whole, but again, that the shooting night was pretty bad. I think he was four of sixteen. So we'll see more tomorrow. I think against. Milwaukee teams usually shoot really well against Milwaukee. So this could be a good Wiggins opportunity for a nice little bounce back. <laughs> Milwaukee just they people shoot like high 40s percent from threes from against Milwaukee. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, any quick thoughts on uh, the Sacramento Kings who beat? They beat. Uh, did you see the ending in Denver? Yeah.
1: Some wild, wild stuff,
0: man. Right. <laughs> the, 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 the tip
1: in by, um, was it? uh
0: Heald,
1: I think. I think it was five. Or, oh, at the end of the regular, uh, end of regulation, I thought it was he. Oh, but either way, it, that's, that's, it was so cool. Um, Whiteside, it's amazing. He's, he, he's probably the best rebounder in the league. I mean, you know, nine rebounds doesn't jump out to you. But if you look at, he only played like 19, 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, he, he's
0: incredible. Here's the other thought, too, is Rashawn Holmes follow, fouled out in regulation which was the only reason why white side was in at the end i believe so this yeah. 17.2 like i he's well owned 90 percent owned this would be a guy that i would try to move i think um i mean he, he played okay four for you know four points nine boards one assist you like the you like the opportunity in the minutes here but again rashawn holmes actually was the starter he played more minutes and he followed out so that's really the reason why you see the boosted minutes there so I'm a little bit concerned about Whiteside. Um, I don't know. If well, any- look at
1: their big men. You know, Whiteside, Holmes, Bagley, in a game that went over into overtime, not a single one of those guys cracked 30 minutes. So what? What does that tell me? It tells me that the Kings are trying to go smaller this year. Um, they, their roster isn't necessarily built to do it. I mean, when you have a guy like Whiteside, and you have guys like Bagley and Holmes, who are all very solid to, if not good, NBA players. Um, it's surprising why you would try to go small, but um, the Kings never, you know, they never use their roster appropriately. It seems like that's pretty one of those constants in life. And um, so I'm sure they'll misuse Whiteside all year, you know. Um, but uh, if he if he can somehow get to 25 plus minutes, yep. he is. I mean, he got he, he if he can get 10, 9 to 10 rebounds in less than 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and his block numbers are always so high too. I mean, he's he can, he will be an absolute fantasy beast if there's so, some 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 change in this roster and, and, the, and the way the minutes are distributed where he gets to twenty five plus a night. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to hold him, but but at the same time, if there's someone who is like looking at him as like a, a nice buy low and they offer you something you like, run with it because who you, you
0: can't count on the Kings. I'll tell you what, <laughs> give me Plumley, give me plumly over Whiteside. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I It,
1: it depends on your roster. It, it, it depends on are you looking for some upside or are you looking for a steady Eddie? And if you need a steady Eddie, then I'll take the Plumlee right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but Whiteside has some serious upside if the Kings can somehow figure out what the hell they're doing. So and, I
0: think and- it would require almost a Holmes injury. He did get hurt last year. I think it was his shoulder. So I think it's gonna it's gonna have to take something to Bagley or Holmes. I think they're mo- they're they're most committed to Bagley. Bagley's gonna see the floor, and then with Holmes, he, I think he was the guy that they drafted too. They seem committed to him. Whereas Whiteside, I'm not really sure how much they are committed there. But it's a weird three man rotation right now, and he's kind of the third man in that pecking order. So, and uh, none
1: of them got that many minutes. I know the the two fouled out, but but. White even still didn't get. It's just so confusing. I, I kind of wish I would have watched this game because, uh, especially was... playing against Jokic, like no yeah. wonder Jokic went off. They didn't put a big guy on him most of the game. <laughs> like,
0: and, and Holmes I can't really compete with his, with his girth in the paint. Uh, but he was kind of pesky for the most part. But. He had to use up all his fouls. So, uh, Sacramento Kings, interesting group of, of guys there. Do you trust R.J.? I don't trust anybody, and I'm trusting R.J. I think if there's if there's two Knicks, it's R.J. Barrett and Julius Randall, and then you can pretty much stay away. Uh, but any quick thoughts on Mr. Barrett here?
1: Yeah, the Knicks are going to lose a lot of games, but that doesn't mean. I mean, we, we see this in the NFL all the time. You you can have trash teams that have useful fantasy producers. Look at you. You want you want a maybe a little wild com- comparison. I know it's not apples to apples, but RJ Barrett is James Robinson. Yes, I mean he's 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 a useful, an incredibly useful, an incredibly talented player on just an absolutely atrocious roster um and and young and and all the upside in the world i mean that's uh, that would be the comparison i would make now i I don't think barrett is gonna you know the value of a top five top ten running back in in fantasy football is that's not going to translate to what how valuable rj barrett is this year but that is the best comparison i can make from football to basketball so I, i think barrett's a really valuable guy he didn't go very high in drafts so if you have him on your roster, you, you kind of took him as a guy that you could like, you know, cut if you need to in the season. Um, but but he's an absolute hold, and and I, I trust him. I think uh, Thibodeau is one of those guys that once he starts giving you minutes, he does not stop giving you minutes until your legs fall off. So as long as he, but Barrett stays healthy, um, all all the opportunity in the world for him, and and he is the main piece on that offense. And one thing I was also encouraged by. Was five assists, one turnover. Um, he was second in the team in assists. And and Randall, while I think he's a great player, he's he's always an odd He's a points and rebounds guy. I Just don't see him maintaining those high assist numbers. So Barrett's a guy that I think um, you know, especially if they're not giving minutes to their point guards as much. They didn't as many give uh, Peyton as many minutes as I thought. So if Peyton's getting lower minutes, I would not be surprised if Barrett leads this team in scoring and assists this year right and, 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 and if he does that i mean he, he could end the season as a top 25 fantasy producer
0: he was very efficient you know 11 for 15 shooting three of three but you do like the, the eight boards that was a surprise and then i think somewhere in that five six seven assist night that's probably going to be his staple here we'll see if he can get some defensive stats co- going here but man 42 fantasy points in the opener and a really high efficient shooting night, you're looking at a guy that's probably going to, you know, settle in somewhere around 35 points per game for, for points league. So I trust RJ Barrett and there's not a lot to like in New York, but he's one of the bright pieces. So uh, I'm going to say, trust him. Uh, Then we got Christian asking, Keldon Johnson. Yeah. I forgot to mention him when we were looking at the, uh, the, the Spurs. Let me just pull up his numbers real quick um he was the why is he out here that's interesting uh but 32 minutes last night a total of five rebounds three assists three steals and then only two turnovers here he did put up 16 points and 32.75 points per game here if we just quickly uh 3.1 percent rostered too but i'm curious about this out uh why i don't know why he's got the the o here um
1: yeah, I'm not sure. It might be a little mishap in the system. Are they? Sometimes I know because there's so many more football, or basketball players. They just don't always. Um, they don't always up. They they don't update the the, the blurb as often. Um, but um, or the news blurb or whatever. But he he he's interesting. Um, I just I think DeRozan. I think Murray. I think White when he comes back. I think Aldridge and I think Walker. Are kind of your your main pieces on this offense on this team fantasy wise, mm-hmm. um, but if Johnson is getting minutes, I mean he he he's basically going to be there that Robert Covington type player. Yep. Uh, this is the stat line you want you were hoping to see from Robert Covington every single night, and he's this kid is already delivering it. So if he can if he can maintain this for a week or two, um, and maintain this role. Um, you know, Popovich is a guy who, if, if, if you earn his trust, he, 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 he puts you in positions to succeed. So he's a guy, he's instantly on my watch list.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, the three steals, that's that's going to be an outlier most night. but the ability to get one or two per game, that's something to keep an eye on here. And then again, 50% shooting from the field, one of three, this is not something that can't be sustained. You know, that seems pretty simple to me. And this is a guy that as long as Derek White's not hanging around here, he can be productive and help you. He can help you now. I'm not sure about long-term, but he can, I mean, at the moment right now, you got to kind of fall into those points. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Take advantage of him while he's getting minutes. Yep. And then uh, how do we feel about uh, James Harden? Any quick thoughts on Mr. Harden and the Rockets here? Did you, uh, we steered clear of the trap, I think. um, But again, it's, it's one game with the COVID stuff going on here. I think that's just kind of a blip in the radar, but Not a good start to the Harden owners fantasy season.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's this it's a situation that gives you the most fear as a fantasy owner and as an NBA fan and NBA owners and whatever, it's just the entire, the COVID situation is it can throw some serious wrenches into the, into the situation pretty easily. Um, You know, hopefully Harden, can now that he's back, you know, with his team and, and not you know hopping around from city to city and strip club to strip club. Hopefully he can stay healthy and and hopefully the rest of their players can stay healthy. But um, yeah, it's a risk for everyone. The Harden thing is a little unique right now, um, but I'm I'm a firm hold on Harden. I mean, he's if he's on the court, he's going to be the best fantasy producer you'll find. So he's 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 incredible, um, but he's. You got to get on the court, so we'll see what happens. I, I keep monitoring it, obviously. But if you're a Harden owner and you're nervous and you want to sell, I would, I would caution you against that. Maybe buy. Maybe buy Harden is the correct. Maybe one. buy. Yeah, if someone's if someone's willing to take you know something
0: for Harden, I would, I'd go for it. Right. Turner Hare in the question in the chat room here. What's going on, Turner Man? He's asking, should we start Dragic, Killian Hayes, or he's also got James Wiseman here? I, I'm assuming this is maybe just he's got. To, maybe a lot of guys playing and he just needs to get the one guy in there. Um, mm. uh, I like Drogic. He's a good scorer. I'm, I'm not trusting Killian Hayes just yet. I think it's between Drogic and Wiseman. Do you have any quick thoughts on that?
1: Um, yeah, I think uh, I'd probably go Drogic. Um He's getting, you know, 30 plus minutes. He's essentially the main, you know, facilitator shot creator on his team. Um, shooting pretty good from the field to start the season. He's always a better, you know, as long as he's healthy, he's always a pretty solid offensive player. So, um, Dragic is a guy out of those three that I would take and start with the most confidence. by
0: far. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a veteran. You're you're asking between two rookies who are going to have you know massive ranges of outcomes in, in their low end and their high end spectrums, where I think Dragic is the steady Eddie that uh, I, I usually lean towards the steady guy that I know what I'm getting every night. So I'm going to say Dragic as well. Uh, and then uh, Mike saying, yes, Horford and SGM, my team would. <laughs> so last night probably was not very fun. I, the one guy I wanted to watch last night too, was, was, was Alexander and I didn't get to see it. So frustrating. Sorry, I, don't, I don't know when they're going to make that game up. Um, I was I was interested to see that they postponed it. I, 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 I,
1: I this is going to happen again, right? I mean, this is going to happen again and again, and it's going to happen to other teams. And um, I I don't know if they have like I guess so. The the schedule they've announced the first half of the NBA schedule. And they haven't officially announced the second half yet. So obviously they're they've they've planned for this a little bit, and these postponements are they have some sort of plan for making them up. So um, you're going to get your game. Hopefully, you, Mike, maybe it comes in the in the fantasy playoffs. You know, and when you and and you get extra games as a result. Maybe, maybe it works in your favor. You never know, Mike. So,
0: so I, I don't don't get rid of those guys. <laughs> I, I I would expect the NBA to make sure they hit all teams play 72 games. I think that's going to happen for sure. So yeah, Mike's also saying Ingram looks like he has gotten better, and I think his I think he's he, he's a special player, man. I I really like Ingram. Agreed.
1: Ingram, Ingram looks like he's gotten better. Jalen Brown looks like he's gotten better. Um, De- demonte Sabonis is, looks like he's gotten better. So a lot of a lot of young players in the NBA. I mean, John Morant looks like he's going to potentially be in the MVP, MVP race this year. You know, a lot of the young, the youth in this league is stepping up and stepping up big. Um, who, who knows who can sustain and who can't? But I wouldn't be shocked if all these guys. Maybe not as high as they were you know, the last two nights, but certainly um, certainly have big, big seasons, all-star seasons ahead
0: of them. And then Turner's asking Colin Sexton, Whiteside, Brogdon. Whiteside's out for me in this one. It's between Sexton and Brogdon. Probably going to lean Brogdon. Uh, he's going to fill your more stats. I think he's going to have the higher floor here. But Sexton, the way he scored the points the other night was pretty good. Uh, but I think Brogdon uh, is, is settled in here. He's probably the safest play here. Do you, I mean, Brogdon over Sexton, is that easy for you?
1: Um, let me see. How many points did Brogdon have last? Brogdon put
0: up 46.75. And Mr. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah,
1: then give me Brogdon. It's pretty close, though. I mean, Sexton is a good, Sexton's a better scorer than Brogdon. Brogdon's a better passer than Sexton in theory. Brogdon's getting you some steals and uh, steals and blocks much mm-hmm. more than Sexton, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I'd probably go Brogdon, but it's pretty darn close.
0: It's pretty close, but yeah, I think just the rebounding and the assists give me Brogdon, and he, Brogdon does have the potential to put up a lot of points. Really streaky, good three-point shooter, too, so I think it's Brogdon, Sexton, then Whiteside there, uh, and then yep. this Fun. We got Mike asking, what's your top three fantasy tips? And uh, one of his is saying finding players that play multiple positions because yes, this is one that we've been hitting on on all of our mock drafts lately too, is those dual eligibility guys are extremely valuable, uh, especially in, in, in nights where you have to, you know, you have three centers that are all playing or something and, and you got to kind of mix it up and do some different things. So that's definitely probably one of my tips. Uh, and then I don't know. Do you have any quick tips that come to mind for just fantasy basketball advice?
1: Yeah, I think another big one is uh, roster composition. So make sure you're, you know, make sure you, uh, one of the, I was looking at our league, Kyle, and there was one, I won't name a name, but there was a guy who couldn't play a small forward, I believe. It was either power forward or small forward. They had two guys on their bench who were playing. Yeah, but they couldn't play a small forward because they just didn't, the, their roster wasn't, they didn't have a good balance of all the positions. So make sure you you have all your, um, you know, you have you know, a couple guys at each position, try to balance that out. Um, I mean, that's one of my strategies in the draft. I, I try really hard to make sure that I, you know, I build a roster. Especially early on, where I have enough of each player at each position, so um, and, and and definitely pay attention to that in free agency as well. So that's 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 a huge tip. I mean, you, you, you not only you know the position flexibility is huge for maximizing how many players you're able to play throughout the season, but also having a balanced roster of you know the, a good number of guys at every single position is so. Here's is an example really helpful in that.
0: This is, an yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, last night. Um my dad this is my dad's team. He was hoping Thaddeus Young would play at the power forward spot, couldn't play. He left Darius Garland and Derry Rozier on the bench. This is almost uh that's almost 80 points. That's 80 fantasy points here that he left out. He made some rostered, you know, some decisions here. He couldn't get all of his guys in the lineup here. So this is this is an example of that two player eligibility where you look at my team, uh, we can even look at John's too, but I'm I'm littered with with double eligibility guys here. Uh, towards the end of my bench as well here. so that's something that really plays into my looking for players. Uh, another thing too is just build that watch list people. Um, you see when you when you're looking for players here, you don't even if you don't want to add someone, it's always really helpful to look here and then i this is a tip for me I filter through minutes. I filter through offensive rebounds because we get an extra you know quarter of a point for offensive rebounds. Uh, I'm filtering through all of these stats and then I'm looking and'm I'm, I'm basically almost trying to add everyone that's leading in these categories that is available here. Um, So that's, that's a really big one for me. And then as far as once we get some more data here, this is my other tip is you see this tab here. I really like to filter by last seven games, last 15, maybe this is days, last seven days, last 15 days. That lets me know who's playing the hottest. It also gives me a range of who's been the most consistent. Those are probably my, my favorite features that I like to use for tips here. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then do you have, do you have any final thoughts on that?
1: No, no. I think those are those are some solid tips. Those are things I pay attention to the most. Um, you know, pay attention. The last thing I guess is pay attention to the schedule, especially when you're making decisions on you know those those fringe roster guys and, and looking at guys that you want to pick up. You know, you, you mentioned like look at you know last seven days, last fifteen days, see who's hot. Uh, the other so the question I would have there is you know think about a situation where there's one player who plays five games in a week and another player who plays two games in a week. The guy who plays two games is a much better fantasy producer, certainly, but just having five cracks at it, you know, you're just the likelihood that you're going to get more fantasy points goes up. So, so not just paying attention to who's scoring well and performing well over time, especially recently, um, but but also look at the schedule. Um, you know, I, so, so you're talking, you're showing some of the ESPN functionality. One of the the tools I use a lot is if you look at the top left, that schedule button. So I'll hit that, um, and just look to see, okay, who's got games coming up. Um, especially so like if I'm in a situation where like I'm my, my weekly matchup ends on sunday so i'm looking on sunday for players to pick up for the next week and if my my, my game is already over on sunday whether i win or lose i might start picking up players in advance like guys who play monday um you know maybe try to get a monday tuesday back to back or something and then i can drop that player on wednesday you know so just just to use the schedule to your advantage um you don't always have to pick up the best possible fantasy player sometimes it makes more sense to pick up guys who are who are going to give you more games a lot are you know these these three games in four days too so you pick up larry nance i mean he's he's not just as an example like if 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 i wanted to yeah, exactly. So you get you get three games in four days, and then you could drop them for someone else on December thirtieth. I mean, obviously Larry Nance is probably not available in your league, but just as an example. But yeah, that's that's something I pay attention to too.
0: Larry might be available only thirty three Yeah, well, it should. If Larry's
1: available, you go. I might go run and grab him.
0: <laughs> so uh, back to Mister Whiteside, go pick up Larry Nance over Whiteside, right? Is that is that a no brainer? Oh, um, just based on I mean, which, Whiteside's. On I, I, Value. Yeah,
1: I would hate to drop Whiteside, um, but if that's the worst player on your roster, then maybe. Um, I mean, Nance cannot be. As long as Love is out, Nance cannot be on the on the waiver wire. He cannot right. be on in free agency your league. So, if yeah, I mean. Maybe I would, I would, I would probably do that right now, honestly. I, I know that sucks because you probably invested a lot of draft capital in, in Whiteside, but until the Kings figure their, their stuff out, and that's not a I given. Um, uh,
0: Quick question here: Do you trust Lowry Markkinen? I do. As long as Lowry's healthy, I think you're going to get a really good player here. He he was very productive last year before he got hurt too. Uh, I have no I have no trust issues with him. He's a feature player on a young Bulls team. He's going to get minutes. He's going to get points, and he's pretty productive in the other categories as well. So this one seems pretty simple for me. I trust Lowry. Um, and then, Same. Uh, yeah, and then the, the Sabonis Miles Turner front court's looking really good right now for Indiana. Indiana. I think that's a, a really fun team here. Sabonis, Sabonis is the guy. I
1: think I think Turner's going to have good games, but it's pretty obvious Sabonis is the guy on that he team. If you look at if you look at Turner's stat line, I think the thing that drops is that jumps out that's not sustained. He's a he's an incredible blocker, but there's no one in the world that can average five even five post blocks a game, much less eight. So. That that really was the buoy for his fantasy uh, value last night. He's, I I think this is uh, ceiling. This might be a ceiling game for him. As as long as Sabonis is healthy, if Sabonis goes down,
0: Turner Turner is like a stud. He's 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 really really valuable. Uh, Sabonis is their number one player on that team. While we're on the Pacers, uh, we got Spam Spam asking TJ Warren or RJ Barrett. This one's interesting. I think a lot of people spent either a fifth round pick on TJ Warren. RJ Barrett was had, you know, in the middle rounds here. Disappointing game from from Mr. Warren. Uh, only one rebound, one assist. Only five points, 7.75 fantasy points here in our league. Mm. Man, for a guy that's 93.7% owned. This, is, this was a, a nightmare start here. Uh, fourth round pick two in our league. Uh, any quick thoughts on Mr. Warren? We're gonna hold out here. Or if you're forced to start one because Just of the, reconstruction, yeah. are you pulling up Barrett over Warren?
1: Right now I would be. I would I would say I'd say if I I would actually if I could this is going to sound a little odd, but I actually think both players will probably finish with a very similar number of fantasy points on the season, or at least fantasy points per game, like their average. I don't you know if one of them plays more games than the other, they'll certainly score more points. But these guys are, are kind of equal in my mind, just in terms of they're, they're, they mostly score. They get you a couple of rebounds. They might get you an assist or two some games. They might get you some steals some games, but they're really just there to score, and they're going to get a lot of minutes. Um, I, we got to monitor Warren, but we should also monitor Barrett. I mean, I, you know, I, I, it, 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 yeah, is 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 what Barrett did sustainable? And I, Warren had his worst game of the year, probably. So yeah. I, um, I I think both of these guys are pretty equal in my mind right now. If I had to start one, yeah, I'll start Barrett just because. I got a better taste in my mouth, but other yeah. like, season, I mean, if, if that's the decision, you're probably if on your team, you're probably winning a lot
0: of fantasy yeah. games. <laughs> yeah, and then our guy Aiden says, "Stop this overreacting. It's one game with Warren. Uh, he's he's better than RJ, like in a one versus one player probably right now. But again, RJ Barrett, that's the taste in your mouth for RJ Barrett feels nice. So maybe if you need someone for for, for Friday or Saturday, if that's your roster construction, I might lean RJ just because he is. The feature player on the Knicks, whereas TJ Warren's usually the third, fourth best guy on his team. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a, yeah, it's, a, fa- it's, a fa- it's a fantasy question, not a yeah. which player is better like, question. And and,
1: and, and you're, you you hit the nail on the head, Kyle Barrett. While maybe a worse player right now in his career than TJ Warren is, he's got all the opportunity in the world. Whereas whereas the Pacers, you know, Sabonis is their guy. Brogdon is getting a lot of minutes. I don't know where Oladipo falls in that pecking order, but in theory, Oladipo is even higher in the pecking order than T.J. Warren. Mm-hmm. So Warren is a guy who, you know, he's he, he was probably overdrafted this year. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people had that recency bias from his bo- bubble performance. And I agree with you, Aiden. R.J. Barrett is a worse player right now than T.J. Warren, but their situations
0: are much more fantasy friendly uh, and for the perspective of R.J. Barrett. Yeah, and then Aiden's got a question here. So uh, I don't know if, the, if you were on the show when we were talking about this, but Aiden's got that. I think you were on that Friday night. Aiden's got that league where I think three pointers equals five pointers. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that conversation here? So he's Absolutely. just guys that trade. I just went to NBA or the, the NBA filtered by stats here, and I'm looking at three pointers attempt. Terry Rozier made 10 three pointers last night, um, but guys that are going to shoot up a lot of threes. Looks like Tatum shot 13. JJ Reddick put, uh, put up six out of 11. Uh, Beasley is the guy on that list that might not be owned. I don't know how big your league is, Aiden, but
1: Beasley is a guy on that list who I like a lot. Well, uh, he's, he's he he played way more minutes than I thought, and he he's even while not shooting very well from three, he is a decent three point shooter, and he scored a lot even outside of the threes. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. He's going to be a big part of that rotation. Rozier seems like more like he just got really freaking hot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but that's encouraging as hell for Rozier. Devontae Graham's a good piece, too. Um, those, are, those, are some, yeah, those are some guys that yeah, maybe people are valuing a
0: little lower. Um, yeah, um, so my quick thought on that was Steph Curry. People are probably really sour on the Golden State Warriors after that game right now. Two of 10 from three for Steph Curry. So if you want a player at the highest potential and you like you know maybe getting a potential stud, uh, Stephen Curry, check out what the owner's feeling over there. Uh, the other guy here, we did mention J.J. Redick might be available in your league. Again, six three-pointers, 11 attempts. He's going to get a lot of – there's so much attention on Ingram and Zion that he's going to be open a lot, and he's not afraid to pull the trigger. Uh, we did mention Malik Beasley here, who's going to be the veteran presence at, at the shooting guard there for Minnesota. And then the one guy – Scroll he, down a little bit what? if you can. Scroll yeah. down if you can. I did want to point out here, this is a potential low. Devontae Graham. He, he shot nine, three, three pointers. He only hit two. So two of nine, we, there's going to be a game where he's going to hit six, seven threes. And I think the one thing that I really got out of that Charlotte Hornets game is LaMelo ball is not ready yet. They, they only gave him 16 minutes. Devonte Graham is still going to maintain what he did last year. He played 37 minutes to the, to the rookie first overall or the, their first, you know, first round pick. He, he dominated the minutes there. Devonte Graham, a really good trade candidate, I think. There again, nine, two of nine threes. He's gonna hit. He's gonna hit more than two threes per game, I think. So I like that. Uh, any other quick thoughts here on players that stick out?
1: Uh, well, you know, Reggie Bullock is probably not owned in any league, um, so he might be available in your league, and it looks like he's gonna be a big shooter. Um, Tim Hardaway, probably owned, but uh, maybe a little less lower value. I've said this many times before, but I think Doncic is arguably the best passer in the NBA. Um, So the guys that he sets the table for, especially while Porzingis is out and they need someone else to produce offensively. um, Tim Hardaway is a guy who looks kind of interesting and might be lower valued too.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, So I hope we pointed out a few names there. Zach Levine, also a potential buy-low candidate, one of eight last night. Um, but do you got, I don't know how you're doing for time, John. Do you have maybe 10 more minutes?
1: I do not actually. Yep. Um, it's, uh, as, as you know, we got the, at Christmas Eve and, um, my family's doing a morning church service cause it's the only one that the, the church offers where we can wear masks. So we're, we're okay. masks are mandatory. So I got I got a shower here in a couple minutes, but, um, I got maybe one, one or two last things if you want to touch on them quick,
0: uh, yeah, um I mean there's I think we're all caught up in the chat room here. This looks pretty good. We have a lot of people saying uh, uh thank you for the feedback and uh this channel will continue to grow. Thank you very much, Mr. Mike. Thank you spam spam in the comments there. Uh Aiden, thanks <laughs> the for the best your, spam thanks. I've ever gotten. <laughs> the best spam. Yeah, you guys are uh very much appreciated and this is we're, we're just dab, We I've never done this is our really our first true fantasy basketball podcast. We've done we've done the mock drafts. I put out a, a live draft video as well, but we've never just sat and uh, dissected the stats. So this is uh, a learning process here, but I hope you guys like today's show. We're going to be probably doing this live every Tuesday night. I don't know if John's going to make it next Tuesday, but uh, the other thought in mind is I had maybe Tuesdays and Thursday nights, John. So maybe I hit up Drake on Tuesday, maybe do one with you on Thursday of next week. We'll kind of We'll kind of work out those kinks if you'd like. Um, I, uh, I love the Tuesday. yeah, like I said,
1: I'm just traveling um, next Tuesday, but um, but yeah, after after that, I'm totally available and I, I, I would be sad not to be able to talk to Drake. so um, I, I would love to do it with, with you both. But uh, whatever works, man, I'm open for whatever. I, this is fun for me regardless.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I just I know I'd like to establish a consistency of a Tuesday night. So Drake and I for sure will be going Tuesday. And then maybe I offer it if Drake wants to carve out one more day next week. Maybe when maybe maybe Thursday, I'd like to space out, you know, an extra day there just to get more data points. Um, So maybe maybe we look there and I think uh, I don't know, just try to get some consistent nights there. But Tuesday nights for sure, we'll probably be going live around 730 for the most part, p.m. central time there. So uh, a lot of fun things looking forward to here, but we got to get John out of here. He's got to get to his service. Uh, You can follow John on Twitter. I did put the link below in the description. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at JK Heffernan. Of course you can follow me on Twitter uh, right here at the the fellow KGB and uh, like, comment, subscribe. Thank you guys so much for your time. Have a good happy holidays, everybody. It's Christmas Eve. Enjoy your family time. Enjoy the quiet time. I know it's been a tough year for a lot of people and uh, for me. Family, family means a lot, so enjoy your time with your loved ones and uh, stay safe. Have a good holiday, and we'll see you guys in another video. Peace.
1: Peace, everybody.